Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I just wanted to say a big thank you before we get stuck into the show today for tuning in to this episode. Um, I really do appreciate your attention and if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, I'd love for you to go back through and have a, a listen to some of the previous ones. We've had some incredible guests on the show that have so much value to offer um, and today's no different. I'm joined by Phil Raymond Host. Now, some of you may know him as Phil Ray. He was uh, he was a part of the original aesthetics crew back in the day um, and we'll touch on you know that in the episode for those who have no idea what I'm talking about um, but look he, he was someone who was part of a group part of a movement who inspired millions and millions of people to get into the gym and start their own health and fitness journey and um, you know he's still on his journey today and we touch on that in today's episode about you know where he's taken his training career and where he's at in his life at the moment and um, the impact he's been able to have on so many people and yeah it's just an epic episode I really enjoyed the chat with Phil um, and I appreciate his time and uh, it was funny like throughout the show and as you'll hear in the episode even throughout the day um, today before we uh, we sat down to record the episode, I was just thinking about, you know, what really motivates me to train and particularly early days, what I used to use as inspiration to, to get into my own health and fitness journey and feel was a part of that. So it was a, it was a really cool moment today to be able to sit down and and chat with him, and I hope you enjoy the episode as much as, as what I did. Before we get stuck into the show, I wanted to say uh, to thank the sponsor um, of this episode, and that is Athletican, Australia's biggest hype sneaker label. Um, I've been part of the team ever since day one, supported the guys and watched them grow and grow and grow, and they're doing incredible things, and I've always appreciated their support. They've been so great to me, and um, to say thank you um, – to, to me and to help you guys out, they've given me a code, um, DK10, to go onto the Athletican website and grab your own pair of shoes um, at a discounted rate. So make sure you jump on the site, check them out, see if there's anything that you like. And if there is, make sure to use that code DK10 to get yourself a discount. So uh, that's about it, guys. Let's get stuck into today's episode with Phil. Phil, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, man. It is uh, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Danny, my man, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Man, I'm super, super pumped to be chatting with you today. And we obviously just quickly discussed then some of the points we'd like to touch on in, in today's episode. And it's funny, like it's only really been today when I've been thinking, when I do these podcasts, I, I typically no longer write down a bunch of different questions and shit like that. When I first started, I would be very structured in how I wanted the episode to go. And then now I'm at the point where I just have a conversation, talk about whatever comes up and keep it nice and free flowing. But Throughout the day today, I've been thinking a lot about the things I wanted to talk about. And it's funny, it started to bring back a lot of memories from when I first started in the health and fitness industry and not so much as a profession, but more so just when I kind of caught the bargain and, and got hooked on training and, and really started to obsess about nutrition and training and I guess the whole aesthetic and bodybuilding side of things as well. And, you know, you're up there with some of those guys who I was really kind of looking up to and, and taking inspiration from. So for me, it's going to be super interesting to talk to you today about how where you got your inspiration and motivation from to, to get to that point as well. And I guess as well, the, the impact you, you feel like you may have had on people like myself. And let's be honest, like I'm sure we'll touch on this at some point, but a whole generation of, of people getting into the gym, like those days, 
you know, for me, I think it was back around maybe 2000 and what, it may between 2009 and 2010 was when I really started to get stuck into it. And it was those days then when it was starting to get super popular and there was, there was a bit of a buzz going around with younger people in the gym and, and people started to see it as cool. So now that I've just spoken for about fucking 10 minutes, the first thing I wanted to, to ask you, bro, is, is how your whole journey started and where you found the inspiration to step into the gym and start your whole journey. Wow, this is going back a long way, man. So if I was to talk about, um, I guess, my journey and the first ever experience that I had within fitness or gym stuff would have been probably, 2000 and, uh, probably 2002. Okay. Um, when I first started, it was I went to the gym then purely for social purposes. I I was nineteen in two thousand and two. Um, I I was working at Macca's, and I, I grew up in in the Western Sydney, where it was it was a, it was a suburb called Auburn. It was heavily um, you know multicultural, mostly Lebos, Arabs, uh, Asians, Wogs. But uh, you know, growing up in that area, I had lots of you know uh, Wog Wog mates, and I tr- and I basically was working with some Lebo mates at Macca's and they said, hey, Phil, what are you doing, bro? Come, come to the gym with us and, and train. One of our mates is selling a membership really cheap and, um, you know, come hang out with us. So I was like, yeah, cool. So they, they came, picked me up after work and we'd go train. So that was like the first time I ever stepped foot in a gym, my first experience with uh, weightlifting. And that, you know, that membership that probably went for like a year or so, that was where I really... You know, I didn't really know what, what I was doing and I was just listening to what these guys were telling me and it was basically, you know, uh, your, uh, your, your cookie cutter arms, chest, arms, chest, the bro's arms, split. chest and then, yeah, the bro split. So, and that was where I kind of learned the basics um, and that was my first leg ever. Days, leg days included in that bro split or was it just the, the beach? Nah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. The leg, leg day was just walking from the car park to the gym <laughs> front door. That was it. Yeah. So... That was my first experience. <laughs> hey, leg day, seven days a week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that was my first experience. Um, and moving on from that, honestly, my my reasons for training changed um, over the years. So I've been training since two thousand and two. So that's like nineteen years now. Um, in that first, and, you know, just, my, just sorry to cut you off, but in that first year, was that. Was there like a moment a couple of months in where you start to see progress and you really did get the bug and, and start to find that almost get addicted to going or did it take you a little bit longer? You know, from my experience, no. I was heavily, I was heavily into you know, playing sports. So aerobic fitness for me was what I always thrived off. I was naturally skinny, could run all day. So the first month or two, I actually just hated the gym, but it got to about two or three months in where there was just this moment where I started to see progress started to feel a lot more confident, started to see changes in my body and it was just all of a sudden I was hooked. So was that similar for you or did it take a while? No, nah, man, it took a while for me. <laughs> so the first, this, this first instance of going to the gym, this first year or, you know, with my Lebo mates, I, I don't remember ever getting bitten by the bug. I literally, like I said, was, I would just go because the boys would just call me up and be like, hey, we're outside, come to the gym. Mm-hmm. I'd go, didn't really have an understanding of what I was doing. I knew that I was really sore the next day um yeah. and i didn't understand what i was doing i didn't know what that was and probably for that whole year um i only went for social purposes because when that membership ended and i stopped hanging out with these mates or whatever at the time i stopped going to the gym for like maybe a year two years okay because it just it was literally the bug didn't bite me at that point so i was yeah. like okay membership's ended 
the boys don't go anymore to this gym. Uh, I don't really see the point in like, you know, uh, refreshing my membership. So it didn't bite straight away, to be honest with you. And was the, the people you're hanging out with post that first year, were they not, not the type of people that were heading to the gym? Was it a product of your environment type of situation? Or, yeah. 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 So my mates from high school, because I was still only a few years out from high school at that point, they weren't into the gym at all, mm. at all. Uh, they were into playing video games, playing yeah. basketball, hanging out, going clubbing, but not gym. So, you know, when my bros from Macca's stopped training and stopped <laughs> going, it kind of stopped for me as well for, for that, you know, temporarily for that period. And what was the early days? What was, I guess, your first like serious goal in the gym? Like, was it, was it to build yes. size? Was it, was it always about the aesthetics right from the start? Or was it more of a health reason or? Um, to be honest with you, it was, it was the health reason. So not long after that first, you know, year with the gym, you know, I did stop for like a year or two. Um, at that time, this would have been 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, the car scene back then, the automotive car scene was massive. You know, Fast and Furious was like the latest shit. The car scene within Sydney was huge, the modified car scene. Um, and I've always been a creative, so I loved cars. So at that time, airbrushing murals on cars was like a huge thing. If you look back at the um, old cars back then, they had lots of paintings airbrushed on them. I got into that. So I started airbrushing cars uh, in my backyard for, for money. Um, and during this period, I had zero concern for my health. To me, food was just something to put in my stomach when I was hungry. I would eat noodles, macas. I was a smoker, so I would wake up in the morning and have two cigarettes and a coffee, followed by macas breakfast, and then go and paint cars in the backyard. And that was kind of like my lifestyle for a while. Yeah. Um, and I got really, really unhealthy um, to the point where I was skinny fat. So I had this big fat belly, skinny arms and legs, uh, macas, because I, you know, because I worked there on the side and I just loved it. Um, and basically, I got to the point where I was really unhealthy, and I started getting these like chest flutters, and they would come and they weren't really painful, but I would stop and be like, "Oh wow, that's weird." So this would happen every now and again. Yeah. Uh, however, there was this one time when I got these chest flutters, smoking a cigarette, walking down the street, and it was actually quite painful. Um, and I kind of doubled over, and someone walked past me and was like, "Oh, are you okay?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm alright." But at that point, I was like, all right, this, this is not good mm. because, you know, my father had passed away from a heart attack when I was five okay. and that was already stuck in my mind. And now I had these painful chest flutters. I was like, man, I need to get doctors, you know, I need to get this checked out. Yeah. Went to the doctors and he was basically, he basically said to me, you're really unhealthy. Um, you know, you're, he did blood tests and stuff and he said, you know, your, your liver's not functioning properly. You're just, you're... Um, triglycerides or whatever, you know, yeah. really high, your cholesterol's high. And I was 21. And he goes, you just need to, you just, you need to start looking after yourself. So that really was like a click aha moment for me. So to answer your question, <laughs> the first kind of like thing for me that hooked me into fitness was I need to get healthy. My yeah. dad died. You know, these things, when I was five, my dad died and that really stuck with me. These things, you know, these types of traumas that you go through, they, they stick in your mind. And yeah. To me, I was like, I need to get healthy because I don't want to be the kind of guy that dies when my son's five. Yeah. I need to stay healthy. I need to live long. Yeah. Um, and if that means I need to start eating properly, stop the smoking, let's, let's do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that was kind of like my first, okay, this is like the, the, the bug's bitten now. So when, 
fast forward um, down the track a little bit once the bug had bitten and, and you were to the point where training started to become a habit. Um, I assume nutrition started to become a bit more of a priority for you as well. You know, things like supplementation started to come into play. Um, at that point in time, was, you know, going to the gym, was it a popular thing to do or was it still, you felt like you were kind of, uh, uh, was, wasn't, wasn't the ordinary thing. Like, I mean, when I started, it was, I feel as I was at the stage where it was just becoming super popular. Like a lot of young guys in particular were going to the gym really just because they wanted to look a certain way and, and it started to become, like I said, popular. So for you, was it, was it popular back then or was it still something that you just really enjoyed and you started to hang around others that also found that same passion? Um, it, to answer your question, it wasn't, I mean, nowhere near as popular as it is now. Hmm. This was 2005 we're talking about, 2004, 2005. You know, the internet's obviously around by then, but there was, there's no such thing as Facebook. Yeah. There's no such thing as social media, Instagram, forget it, YouTube, what? There yeah. was like, I think there was like MySpace. Yeah, okay. But there was no like, the only online hub to get information about bodybuilding was bodybuilding.com. Yeah. Um, other than that, it was the old school fitness mags, muscle mags, bodybuilding mags. That's where I kind of got all my information from, which was, as you can imagine, quite conflicting because, mm. you know, um, that's the thing about the fitness industry back then and now is that there's so much shit flying around. You don't know what to believe. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, fitness wasn't as popular back then. No way. It wasn't yeah. some huge thing. There was no social media to glorify it. And also I was the only one in my group of friends at that point that trained. Okay. So I got some of them like kind of influence to come with me, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it was a solo journey. It was a solo journey for me. I want to just, just super quickly, we won't spend too much time on it, but um, you know, for anyone who's listening who, who knows who you are and, and for those that don't, I'll obviously have the, the social media links and everything in the, in the show notes. But you know, the OG aesthetics crew, as I said at the start of the, um, of the episode, that, you know, that was a massive inspiration for me. And particularly once I started, not so much when I first started, but after I caught the bug and, and all of a sudden you know, I was on the sites, like you mentioned, bodybuilding.com all the time reading all the magazines, trying to go through all the YouTube videos and, and stuff like that. that. That was a big inspiration for me. And uh, you know, before the gym, I'd be watching these videos and then I'd go in there absolutely G'd up and take my two scoops of Jack and, uh, and, and smash my session. Did, at the time when, when you, know, you guys were, were really, really popular um, and this is, like, I guess, the beginning of social media, did, did you know that you were that you were like starting to create a bit of a movement? Did you know that the, I guess the influence or the impact oh. you were having on, on people outside of just your um, close friends group? Um, there, there was, there was a lot about that whole kind of era for me that I saw. And there was a lot of it that I didn't understand. Now, when I say that, I mean, like I knew that we were getting popular mm-hmm. Um and we were inspiring a lot of younger guys. Sorry. Was it, sorry. Was it, um, you know, when you say you're getting popular, it was it through YouTube, Facebook in, in particular, where, where did you feel like you're getting the traction? Facebook. Um, I don't think Instagram was around back in 2009, 2010. It was definitely Facebook was the big one and yeah. YouTube was probably secondary. Um, yeah. I had, I remember just in 2010, I just had an influx of people every day adding me on Facebook. Um, and it just was like, wow, I don't, I don't even know who these people are. But um, as I was saying, like there was a lot of that era, like I knew we were getting popular. I knew we were making some noise. 
but I didn't understand the the opportunity that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand where I could have taken it and I could have grown that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that whole popularity that was thrown upon me, I just wasn't ready for it at the time. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't business savvy. I didn't know what it meant to inspire people. I didn't know how good it felt to inspire people. All I knew was I was living my best life, um, taking shredded selfies, hanging out with the boys, going to parties. And I, I was just enjoying it, but not thinking about, okay, what do I do with this? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it'd be, uh, you know, considering, like I said, it was a big inspiration for me. It'd be rude not to, to touch on, uh, touch on this. Like when, when did you guys meet? What type of impact did he have on you? And, and how crazy do you think it is looking back now? How much of an impact he's probably had on, on you know, millions of people? Yeah. Uh, how we met basically was I was, I, I, not long before I met him, I actually came out of a breakup, came out of the rough end on a breakup. So I was pretty, I was pretty wrecked. Yeah. Um, I wasn't in shape because when I was with this chick, she was everything. And I, I didn't go to the gym because I want to go see her and I wasn't taking care of my nutrition and whatnot. So I kind of fell out of shape. Um, so when we broke up, I was heartbroken for a while, but then something clicked and I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to get in the best shape I've ever been. I mean, they're totally ripped. Um, and that's going to make me feel good about myself. So I got in amazing shape, started going through this whole lifestyle, um, basically living the aesthetic lifestyle without even knowing yeah. it. Um, just wanted to look amazing, um, you know, dating girls and, and, you know, getting out there again, feeling good about myself, um, you know, self-love, whatever they call it. So I was seeing this girl and, um, you know, we went to the beach. It was summer 2009, 2010. And I was like the leanest I'd ever been in my life. And I was with this chick. I was seeing her. She, um, I think she was buying festival tickets or something off, uh, off Sayed, Ziz's brother. Yeah. And, you know, I, didn't, I knew of these guys, but I hadn't met them. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I've got to go buy these tickets off, off this guy. Can you drive me to his place? I was like, yeah, okay, sure. I go, where is it? She goes, Carlingford. And I was like, that was like around the corner from where I lived. I was like, yeah, it's not that far. Let's go. Took her. And then, you know, these two guys came out. And I was like, hey, yeah, I've seen you guys before. Um, the girl kind of like got pushed to the side. And we were just talking about bodybuilding. Yeah. And because I rocked up with just a singlet on. And they were like, oh my God, yeah, what's going on? Muscles, muscles, let's take some photos, bro. Let's go train one day. You know, yeah. The whole bro connection was just there from the get-go. So that's how we met. Um, as far as, you know, the, the lifestyle that we lived, it was, it was basically the sex, drugs, and rock and roll era of my life. Um, so that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, lots yeah. of parties, lots of hanging out, lots of, um, you know, I was single at the time, so I was dating around, having fun, um, no strings attached, that kind of stuff. Um, and we're just living our best lives. Um, as far as the impact that I feel like he left, like, man, like, how do you even explain? Um, like, there's, I feel like a lot of the content that he created back then has become evergreen because yeah. what happens is back in 2010, 11, 12, whatever, he created all this content and put this content out there and inspired a whole generation of, of young dudes to just get in shape, look amazing yeah. for whatever reason. Fast forward now, it's almost been 10 years. It's actually going to be 10 years next month that he's gone. And I mean, how can you, is this not the best way to describe a legacy? Because it's 10 years later and there's now a new generation of young guys that were basically five when he died that have come in 
found his content online yeah. and become the next generation that are inspired. And they're talking, you know, his lingo, they're dancing the way he dances yeah. and they're inspired by him. And it's like, wow, that's a legacy because he's creating content where multiple generations are now, are now going through yeah. and, and like he's been, they're being inspired by him. Like, wow. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. That, that's the best way to explain it. You know, well, we won't spend too much longer on, on this, but, um, you know, he obviously had like a, a, a larger than life personality on, you know, through the content that he would post. Was that the, the, the type of person he was off, off camera as well? No, not, I mean, it's, it's like he, he was naturally charismatic. Hmm. Uh, he was like a magnet. Wherever he was, people would just want to be around him. I mean, and people say this all the time. He was the glue to our group. Once he passed away, we kind of just like went in our own directions. Yep. Um, but for people to think that how he is in his videos is how he is in real life, like that's, uh, there's so many different sides to people and he's no different. He's a very, he was a very deep person. He had different sides that obviously he wouldn't show all these sides on the camera. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in short, like, no way. Like, there was that side of him where he was. Like, look, he was he was raised in Australia. And, you know, we have the Aussie larrikin kind of, you know, um, personality. Yep. And, you know, go out with your mates and have a fun time and act up and act a bit of a fool and have a laugh. Yeah. That was a lot of the side that he showed on camera. Mm. Uh, but obviously, behind the scenes, he did have, you know, the deeper side. He was able to connect with people. He was amazing at communicating with people, inspiring people. Um, and like I said, it was extremely charismatic. It was very loving, very, very sharing, very easy to get along with. He was one of those people that whether you're a rich person from North Sydney or a ghetto person from Campbelltown, he can sit down and have a conversation with you and connect with you. Uh, that was an, an amazing ability that he had. So yeah, answer your question. It definitely, what you saw on camera wasn't all him. It was the yeah. larrikin side of him. Incredible, man. Now, um, I wanted to, to quickly touch on, um, I guess, so that the, the, the impact that that era and I guess a lot of that content, and as you said, to this day, that, that type of content is now, it's very mainstream. It's, 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 um, it's continued to, to move along as, as we've gotten older and um, as these other guys have started to come through. Do you think that there's a, a, any form of negative impact that it's had in terms of guys that who have never spent, like, say, five to 10 years in the gym building a foundation and, and doing all the, the fundamentals to build their physique to, you know, like elephant in the room to eventually, you know, maybe jump on, on performance enhancing drugs to start taking gear because they want to fast track their results and look like these guys that they're watching the content of. Do you think that, Definitely. do you think there's been some form of negative, um, I guess, impact because of that? Of course, of course. And it's one of those things, right, Danny, because it's a double-edged sword. Um, you want to, you want to teach people the right thing, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you want to be honest. And this is the big circle jerk fucking loop that's stuck, that's stuck in the fitness industry, yeah. right? Because there's honesty and then there's teaching the, the people, you know, teaching younger people the right thing to do. So where do you fall? Because whether it's Ziz or anybody else in the fitness industry, you know, performance enhancing and steroids within the fitness industry is, is a fucking... It's like, it's, it's an elephant in the room, but it's just, it's just, how do you explain? It's the, it's there. It's, it's just Santa, there. And the, it's Santa Claus. It's Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, yeah. people don't want to talk about it 
for for reasons that I understand, mm-hmm. but it's just it's a double edged sword. If you're gonna pick it up, it's got two edges to it. You know what I mean? So, do I think it's had a negative impact as far as Ziz using steroids? And I guess what your question was, do I think it's kind of encouraged people to use performance enhancing too early or inappropriately? Yes, it has. Um, but the other side of that is, positive is also is outweighed. It's a positive. Uh, it has to outweigh it, right? Yeah, so yeah. there's there's the negatives yeah. and there's the positives. The positive way way outweigh it by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't you can't stop. There will be someone that thinks that sees his videos and thinks, and because he was honest about his usage, that would pick it up pick up their PEDs too early, yeah. uh, or, or use it inappropriately. So. Um, it applies to Ziz, but then it also applies to every other fitness in- industry kind of um, profile that uses. Hundred you know percent. I mean, something that really kind of grinds my gears is is particularly those that that are, are you know for someone like you and I, it's it's like fucking night and day. It's very obvious for who who is using and who isn't. But you know those that are that are using and maybe selling the dream of of looking the way they do if I'm following their program or buying their app when these young guys have no idea that they're using or or girls have no idea um, that they're using that's that frustrates me so much. But do you think that these days now that I guess there is more evidence based um, I guess personalities out there and and people that are pushing um, science backed and evidence based nutrition and and training principles out there and i guess it's probably a few more people are a bit more open about it do you think now that the younger guys coming or younger guys and girls coming through um that there is as many people jumping on the gear too early or do you think that's improved or gotten worse it's hard to say because i don't have the data in front of me Mm. i can only like you know be anecdotal from my point of view um but i do i I do agree with you that it does kind of it does rub me the wrong way if I let it that there are enhanced coaches out there mm-hmm. that are not telling people that they're enhanced, but they're selling programs and kind of giving the false, false hope, you know, hope that they can achieve what they have. Just follow my program and buy my stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, it grabs my gears. Like I said, if I let it, but I just don't want to let it. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. What, what, what can you do? I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to compare, one of the reasons why I kind of didn't, well, I, I kind of unsure of whether I want to go down this whole coaching route is because now I'm up against guys that are enhanced and they look better than me. They look better than me for most part of the year um, than me because I have my downtimes, right? You know, I'm like not as lean as I want to be. Uh, and then because of that, they're more marketable year yeah. round. Yeah. And they're going to get a better following because they've got more impressive photos um, their content looks better because they're always shredded. Like I can't compete with that, yeah. uh, and I don't want to compete with that because I feel like I'm I'm I'm, I'm swimming upstream. So, um, as far as do I think more people are using PEDs and doing stuff? I, I don't have the data, but I'm gonna say I I think so. I think so because nowadays more than ever, and I think it's just gonna keep progressing. Yeah. People are so social media is it's all about what you look like and what you present yourself as. Yeah. So people are so hooked on that. It's to the point where something like, for example, breast implants. Back in the 90s, having breast implants, like it was like a big deal. Oh my God, you know that girl? She's got her tits done. Whoa. Oh my God, Pamela Anderson's got fake boobs. It was huge. You were like one in a million. Now, fucking every second girl has a boob job and it's normal. 
It's yeah. normal. And now lip fillers and, and facial aesthetic yeah. injections are becoming normal mm-hmm. to the point where, of course, steroids are the lip fillers, but for guys. So yeah. I, be, I feel like it's being normalized a lot. So I feel like it is growing. Yeah, I reckon there's two sides. One side is the fact that there is more information out there and there is more reliable sources. But then the other side is, as you've just mentioned, everyone knows now that like, you know, the guys and the girls that are doing super well, that have the huge followings, that have the ridiculous content, most likely or majority of them are are using PED. So, you know, if you're someone that's coming up and you want to follow in those footsteps, it's a pretty, pretty simple, uh, simple solution, isn't it? In some people's eyes, which is unfortunate. How uh, has your training changed over the years or has it at all in terms of, you know, obviously, obviously right at the start, everyone's training majority of people anyway, training is absolutely dog shit until they figure out how to train properly. But um, even from the days where where you're in, you know, peak shape and that was really kind of like you were living that life compared to now, has it changed much? Yeah, totally, man. It's changed so much. So let's just talk about the aesthetic lifestyle period. That was like typical bro um, typical bro diet. So chicken, broccoli, zero carbs, um, shitloads of cardio. Um, and it was just unsustainable. Yeah. And then, uh, man, I like to, you know, I like to think that I've come a, light, a long way since then, because since then it has become not chicken and broccoli. It's, it's now it's, it's evidence-based, um, you know, macro calorie counting is important to me. Sustainability is important to me. And that follows through with my physique where I would like to keep my physique at a point where it's sustainable. I can still enjoy life. Yeah, I'm not 7% body fat. Um, I don't have to do hours of cardio every day. Is that within reach? Probably within six to eight weeks, but I'm happy yeah. and I'm comfortable and I can sustain where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, sustainability is a big thing for me. Yeah. So it's definitely changed, come a long way. If I knew back then what I knew now, um, I probably, you know, would be doing would have done things a lot different back then where does someone like yourself find um inspiration or motivation is is it all internal is it all within like you know you know what your goals are you know your purpose um you wake up there's you don't need anyone or any external factors to push you along or is there still certain things that you look to or certain people that you look to for inspiration to to continue to push forward yeah man so for me most of my inspiration comes from within um i feel like your own motivation Yep. is a muscle just like every other muscle you have and once you train it long enough and teach it long enough it just becomes stronger and that just becomes second nature so i don't have a problem getting up in the morning and smashing some pre-workout and hitting the gym there are parts of that process that i love yep. i look forward to the pre-workout kicking and i look forward to the pump i look forward to the sweat the mm-hmm. um you know the 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 endorphin rush that i get after i finish a workout i love those things there's nothing about that that I see as a chore. Yep. So I don't need motivation to do that stuff. Um, I know that some people do, um, but for me, it's it's second nature. Like I would feel weird if I got up and slept in and didn't yep. go to the gym. I feel like I would have missed something. I feel like I'm not setting my day up right. Um, but as far as, you know, on, on, for the most, you know, on a daily basis, that's how it is. But if there's times when for some reason I need that extra push, um, I love listening to stuff like Greg Plitt, yeah. um, you know, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, some Kerwin Ray, um, you know, motivational type stuff like that is what really, 
you know, um, another one is Eric Thomas is, is, is another good yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, guys like that really, man, like they amp me up. Like on the days that, you know, the gym, yeah, I'm there and I'm doing the motions. Um, but if they come on and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm not going as, as hard as I could be going. And I, and I start pushing the envelope a little bit. So, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, music for me, like hip hop music yep. and heavy metal. Back in the day, I used to love listening to music in the gym. Yep. Now it's all personal development, uh, motivational kind of, you know, Conor McGregor speeches, that kind of okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned earlier in, um, in the chat about how you probably didn't at the time realize what it was like to have the, the impact that you, you could have on so many people and to have the, the following and to have the, I guess, influence that you had, you know, had on, on so many people, you know, with your role now with EHP and, and even through your content, on social media, on, on YouTube, you know, I, I look through your YouTube channel and stuff like that. Do you now have that fire or, or I guess the desire to continue to, to inspire more and more people? And yeah. through, let's say for example, with EHP, like it's obviously a very different scenario, you know, inside working inside a, a company, the inspiration and the, the impact you can have, but do you kind of see that now as an opportunity to keep doing, having that impact on people? Yeah, definitely. Danny. So let me tell you about, I guess, uh, this part of my journey that not a lot of people know of, and I'll be honest, I'll be honest about it because that's all I can be. You know, when I first got super popular because of the aesthetics crew, I, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't, I didn't know what it was. I don't know what it meant to have. It was an opportunity at the time, but I feel like sometimes life gives you these opportunities when you're not ready for it, just to teach you something, whether that's an opportunity like this, or it could be even a relationship. A lot of people fall in love when they're teenagers, but they don't even know what, that love is or what to do with it. And then they end up breaking up and maybe 10 years down the track, oh, I remember when I was in love with that girl, I was so immature, I had no idea what I was doing. That for me, when the, with the whole aesthetics crew pop popularity, that was like that. I got thrown all this popularity and this opportunity to inspire people, but I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't mature enough for it. I didn't know what it was, so I didn't know what to do with it. Nor was I even business savvy to know even how to turn it into a business. Uh, where I could help people or inspire people and make a living out of it. So I was given that. Obviously, I didn't turn it into anything. I, didn't, I don't have a million followers right now. I didn't blossom it. I didn't turn it into a business. And I kind of fell off and became irrelevant for a while. Plus the death of Ziz kind of, you know, everybody processes death differently. That really hit me. I basically went quiet for a few years uh, and just focused on my career and getting that on track and figuring out what I wanted to do with myself. Um, and it's not until maybe a few years, maybe five years ago, I really got stuck into, you know, personal development um, and learning, becoming self-aware, learning about myself, learning about how I got here, what yep. decisions I made to get myself here, what, what knowledge I lacked, who I wanted to be, all these questions, you know, like soul searching, so to speak. Yeah. And now I look back on that time and go, wow, okay, I know what I should have done. I'm going to do that now. So now I'm in the position where I'm like, I want to inspire younger guys to be the best version of themselves in any arena of life that's important. And I like to think the important arenas of life are, you know, your health and fitness, um, your career, your relationship with your family, your family. Um, I mean, they're the main, the main things to me. They all tie in together. Yeah. So... You know, that's kind of like my drive right now is to help, you know, younger men or even guys my age yep. uh, to be to be better. 
you obviously have uh, have have the little fella who's a fresh new member to the family. What's uh, have you put any thought to to um, whether or not you kind of want to push him down the path of getting in the gym nice and early and and showing him what his old man used to be like back in the day and and making sure you don't have that that dad bod and stay shredded for it. Dude, you know what? It's so funny. Just before I jumped on this uh, on this on this uh, call, I was sitting on the couch feeding him and with my wife, and uh, and I just said to her, you know, oh, you know, wait till he hits sixteen. I'm going to get him in the gym and I'm going to teach him the basics and I'm going to teach him properly um, how to be, you know, in great shape and how to build yeah. muscle. And he's going to be a gym guy. And then she was like, well, you don't know that for sure because he might not even be into it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, nah, but I'm going to surround him with this stuff and he's going to see me doing it. I'm going to influence him. She goes, yeah, but you did that to your younger brother and he's not into the gym as much as you are. Yeah. And I was like, that's a good point. It's a good point. So, I mean, I kind of zoomed out a little bit and, and thought about it. I was like, I can show him all this gym stuff and what I used to be like and, and try and influence him to get into it. But if he's not into it, I'm okay with that because mm. I think my goal as a father should to you know to not look at the micro stuff but look at the macro stuff which is as long as he's healthy and fit he can be into soccer football yeah. aussie rules fucking table tennis who knows as long as i encourage him to be the best at it best be the best of version of himself mm. exactly exactly so it must be that, that's what's important to me. i mean like you know we've obviously touched on how you had the influence on on many people which a lot of them you didn't know and you'll probably never meet and you'll never know, but knowing that you can now in a completely different um, situation, like have such a big impact on, on someone must be a pretty awesome feeling. Yeah, definitely. Are you talking about my son or people in general? About your son. Yeah, definitely. Like definitely because I feel like just by nature, he's going to look to me mm. um, for, for stuff, whether that's, um, you know, inspiration, guidance, education, um, advice, he's going to look to me mm. naturally. This is the figure that he looks towards when he needs this this stuff. So um, I'm very aware of this and I need to be prepared to, to kind of guide him in the right direction. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a learning process. You want to teach him. I mean, just naturally, now that I'm a father, just my instinct is to shield him and protect him from stuff because yeah. you don't want him to go through pain. But at the same time, he has to experience to learn, the yeah. pains and, the, and the, exactly. So it's like, Oh, okay. Now I have so much respect for parents because it's that part of you that naturally wants to protect them. But at the same time you want to teach them and they're only going to learn through pain and these experiences. So, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Surely slipping five grams of creatine and a scoop of oxy way into his milk each day. That, just a little bit that, you know, that, that will help. So won't hurt. Man, before we, before we wrap things up, um, I, I'm curious to know, like, what are, what are some areas at the moment, you know, you said you're right into your personal development now and, and um, personal growth and stuff. What are some of the areas that you're really kind of working on at the moment or, um, you know, conscious of, or I guess um, the intentions that you're placing at the moment to, to grow? Like, what areas are you really focusing on? Uh, so that's a good question. Firstly, I, you know, the, the kind of audience that I'm talking to is guys that I can relate to, guys that I've kind of gone, I've gone on that journey of growing up, you know, from a teenager to where I am now at 38. My audience is basically guys that are anywhere between teenager to 30s or even 40s where, you know, they're going through life's journey. Um, and there's a lot of kind of experiences that I've gone through that are, I don't want to say generic, but there are a lot of experiences that, 
you know, other guys go through and, you know, whether that's um, anxiety, um, questioning what masculinity is, questioning am I, am I man enough? Am I masculine enough um, in comparison to what I define as masculinity? Um, and then there's the, you know, the other curveballs that life throws at you, like going through breakups, um, you know, career, losing your job. Um, you know, lost in life, uh, pain in life and how we can take stuff from that and become better because of it. Um, so for me, there, there's that that aspect of it and also the fact that, you know, we have these platforms now, um, specifically myself, Instagram and YouTube are the platforms that I'm really trying to figure out, okay, how can I deliver my message to my audience? Yeah. Um, how can I kind of put content out there that, reaches these guys and helps these guys and makes them want to continue following me uh, and look up to me so I continue to continue to help them. Um, and I know for a fact that bodybuilding and fitness is like my shiny, shiny um, kind of thing that gets their attention. Yep. And that's fine. If I can put up a YouTube workout where, you know, um, I take them through a workout on how to grow a big chest. Yeah. Um, I'll do that video. Hey guys, say go big chest. This is your bench press. This is what you do. This is how many reps. But then once I've got their attention, I can take them on any journey that I want. So I can kind of deliver the message, which is what I've been doing on my YouTube now. So similar to Greg Plitt, where I'm sure you're familiar with his videos, he'll do a workout video, right? Yeah. This is how you get big guns. Train biceps like this. This is do that. But then he'll start talking to the audience about what it takes to be a winner, what it takes to be a loser, um, you know, how to be the best version of yourself and inspires them through these, you know, these speeches that he gives in his workouts. So I've taken a leaf out of his book and want to get on a path of using fitness to bring people into my channels Mm -hmm. to get their attention and then delivering the message. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm working on right now. And I'm I'm having a blast doing it. Um, And so incredible. I, I, like I said, I'll have the links to, to your socials through Instagram and, and YouTube in the show notes below. So, for everyone that's tuned into today's episode, um, I highly recommend you go and check out Phil's content. It's uh, I'm sure you'll take a lot of value away. And, and if you have taken the value away from today's episode, we'd love for you to, to screenshot this one for us, tag us on uh, on your Instagram story so we can get some feedback. Uh, make sure you give Phil a follow if you're not already. Man, thanks so much for, for joining me. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, we'll have to do it again soon. We'll have to just catch up on Zoom or hopefully once I can eventually come to Sydney, I'll, I'll come join you for a session. 100%, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I, I felt like that went quick. We definitely need to do a part two because I can, we can talk forever. We didn't even talk about nutrition or anything. I know. So definitely, let's, let's, let's definitely line up a, a, a part two. If you can make it uh, you know, into Sydney, we'll definitely have a session, man. Let me know. And if I go down, you're in Melbourne, right? In Melbourne, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, if I ever go down to Melbourne sometime in the future, um, I'll definitely uh, hit you up and we'll, we'll work something out. Awesome, bro. Well, again, thank you so much. And for everyone who's tuned in, a big thank you. Uh, Really looking forward to chatting to you again in, in the next episode.